We at Autism and Color believe in letting people express themselves in the manner that they are most comfortable. We respect their freedom of speech and their voices. The views that our guests express are not always aligned with those of Autism and Color. Good day and welcome to Autism and Color with Siobhan and Lebecky. Today we are interviewing the one, the only, Adrian Mays. All right. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Hello, Adrian. Hey, how are y'all? We're good. It's good to see you again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> good to talk good to, to you again. again. <laughs> Well, because we had the opportunity to interview Adrienne before yeah. <laughs> about her son, Ian, who is on the spectrum, we're just going to ask her a few questions about where they are today mm-hmm. and how Ian is doing. Yeah. What's Ian How is he doing? What is he up to? What's going on with him? You know, I know a lot of things have happened since we've spoken to you last. Um, well, Ian is nine years old. He is in a classroom. Um, his he goes to a private school, so they don't have grade levels. But he, if he was in a school that had grade levels, he would be in fourth grade. Um, but he's in a class with um, eight year olds through twelve year olds at his school, um, and it's only nine of them in the classroom. Um, let's see. He's pretty busy. He wrote a book. Um, he's writing or finishing up his second book. Um, he does a monthly blog with Anchor of Hope. Um, it's an organization here um, in my city where um, it's a nonprofit for autism and they provide um, different things for the parents and the kids and stuff and give out scholarships um, for them to do anything that they want to do. Um, once a year um, so it's a great little uh, nonprofit that he um, he blogs for every month and he's just being a kid so I love it I love it so you you said he's he's writing his second book excuse us yeah tell us about the book that he's writing um so the first book he wrote he wrote about himself being um on the spectrum and his superpowers is autism Love so it. he's going to school for the first time um well going to school for the first time with a new teacher in this book and he's kind of nervous because um how his school is structured now um he had the same teacher since he's been there and the only other time he had a different teacher is when he went to public school and then we transfer him back to private school so that way the government will actually pay for his private school instead of me so Mm -hmm. um (laughs) that part yeah (laughs) so um miss jamie love her to death but she wanted some benefits and she was just like hey i hate to leave y'all but i need some benefits so she's at a public school now um teaching high schoolers on the spectrum and um she's a softball um coach so he had a new teacher Oh, and um, he wanted to really talk about it because um, he was nervous and everything. So he put it all in a book. So um, and he was in a new class, new environment. So he talks about this going to school with a new teacher and just everything that um, you can possibly 
go wrong um, in a sense, but he wants <laughs> to make sure that he had his superpowers, his gear, and if something happened, he can put on his superpower and, you know, he'll be okay. So in this book, he um, goes through all that. He sits by this um, new little student and she tells him, hey, I have that same superpower as you too. So we wear the same outfit. So this book that he has coming out now, um, he's finished. We're just trying to clean it up a little bit, but he talks about his his dog um he has a service dog that he has with him and um that's his little sidekick and they go and they kind of like help people in the neighborhood or help people in the school and his um superpower helps people so kind of like a spider-man but with autism kind of like that because he loves spider-man so and his sidekick is max the dog i love it yeah I love it. <clears throat> How's he doing in school? Because I remember before when we interviewed you, there were some challenges in the school that he was in. How is he doing in the school he's currently in now? So um, we're still always going to have challenges. Um, it's pretty much just here in Georgia, but I don't know. It could be everywhere. But um, at the beginning of the school, it was rough. Very, very, very rough. Um since it's a private school they just hire whoever wants to come and work and we had this one teacher I don't I don't even know what was her issue or problem but she thought it was okay to um give him a rap name what yeah <laughs> little b was his rap, rap name and I'm like little b did everybody have a rap name no just him and and he doesn't know any better so he thought it was cute and then I'm like little B like what is this and then somebody explained to me it was for a little black boy are you serious (laughs) yes so then I had to have a conversation with her and then administrators and these are all people of uh you know they're not of color and they didn't get it and I'm like you can't go around giving somebody a rap name and he doesn't even need a rap name we don't even listen to rap music um and not to mention that's not his given name right and And so what if you listen to rap music right she had no right to give him the name little b as a rap name and then for me to be told from another teacher and a therapist that it was for a little black boy. And Woo! Like, you don't yeah, that was a lot. That was you a lot. You don't a problem with that. So then, you know, I put it on Facebook. I was like, okay, how, how do I supposed to address this? Because clearly they don't understand, don't get it. And they get a lot of donations for all these people. So then a nice girl, she called and she was like, hey, like, what's going on? And, you know, and then the admin, she said, I was childish. Ooh. Are you serious? Yep. So, you, so why are you childish? Did she explain? <laughs> no. And then she hung up in my face and didn't want to talk to me or address me. She said Ooh. I was attack- attacking her and Ooh. I was matching her tone. I was, I was calm like this. She started yelling, so I went up an octave too. I was like, you're going to go up? I'm going to go up too. So um, she called me childish. I was like, why are you calling me childish? I said, I'm not doing anything. I'm addressing something that's 
offensive and you don't get it and I'm trying to tell you where it came from and why it's not a good thing to call him that yes I know his name is Adrian and we call him Ian for short but those are the only two names that you should be calling him nothing else and then she was like well you let Jamie the previous teacher call him duck yeah I did because he used to like the little silly little song duck um, the duck song whatever that came on YouTube that his therapist bonded with him with and he wanted to see that over and over again that's fine it's a duck but you call him a little black boy and don't see anything wrong with it so after all that she still didn't get it so I went over her head I had to find the people who opened up the school and get to the board members I'm like who cuts her check that's right. what I want Exactly, because clearly I, she, she's yeah, clueless. She didn't get it. So um called them. He was like, oh my gosh. He was like, I, I'm not black, but I know where that comes from. And that's so offensive. And then he was like, I, I can't believe she said that and didn't want to apologize for her or anything. Who are you to question her? Yeah. So he was just like, oh my gosh. So he talked it out with everybody. So it wasn't okay. But I was on a mission to say, hey, my baby needs to come out of this classroom or something. So that teacher, she just kept doing some weird stuff. She put him in timeout. And so I was, she was retaliating. Yeah, I was like, why are you putting him in timeout? For what reason? I'm like, and she couldn't explain. She was just like, he just needs timeout. I said, for one, he has PTSD. And how are you doing it? It's, it's not acceptable because of, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to prove? I said, if you're trying to get him to act right, this timeout thing is just not called for. And I said, you need to let his therapist come in to help you. She wouldn't let the therapist come in. A therapist worked with another child across the hallway. That was his personal therapist and the other child's personal therapist. So they had no contract with the school whatsoever. And I said, let her help you with him, with disciplining him. And every day she said it was always something he was doing. My child, he will cut up, but he won't cut up that much because he actually loves school. He loves to learn. He loves to do whatever you give him to do. He loves to do it. So when she kept saying every single day, it was a problem and an issue. And then all the teachers was like, other teachers were like, no, she just, something's wrong with her and they will not get rid of her. But she finally just left. I don't know where she's gone, but she resigned and she's gone. So I don't have to deal with her anymore. But his new teacher, she is wonderful. Um, I haven't had any issues with her. She has open communication. Um, he, he likes her. Um, so he's, he's doing better with her. And she just started like the last week of December when they was um, there before break. So I haven't had any issues with her, but the first half of school year, yeah, it was rough, rough, rough stuff that I didn't have to deal with in public school. And, you know, I'm dealing with that at a private school. So, so yeah. question. So the, the private school that he's in, is it for quote unquote special needs kids, you know, or kids with special needs or kids with autism, like it's kids with special needs so um but majority of them um are on the autism spectrum most of them and um i would say it's probably like maybe 50 kids it's not that many kids 
there. Um, they have more other pre-K um, students because they do get funding from the state to have a pre-K program. So they have more um, pre-K students for that reason. So that way they can get some funding in the school. Um, but it's still expensive to send them there. It's like 10,000 a year mm. or a little bit more um, just to send them, not including their um, food or anything. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Adrian, well, we interviewed you when we were under Autism Vibes Radio. We're now Autism in Color. Could you tell us a little bit about Ian's diagnosis and how old was he when he was diagnosed? So he was diagnosed when he was four. He is diagnosed with autism, ADHD. He has PTSD and dyslexia. How he got diagnosed before I actually quit my job, um, he was with my mom for the first three years of his life. She watched him and everything. And I was like, well, he needs to interact with other kids. So we decided to put him in a daycare. Um, it was like the mommy and me daycare. So it was like maybe three days out the week and it was half days. And he did not do well in that setting at all. And they tried to work with him, but then it, it he just, got to the point where he was just hitting a lot so then the second um, mommy and me daycare he did the same but intensified so I was like okay we're just gonna quit that and we're just going on pre-k pre-k he really showed out completely <laughs> and um I was gonna call every day um what are you doing he was fighting biting spitting which spitting he's never done it until he got to to pre-k so I'm not sure if he picked that up from another student or whatnot probably. but he probably uh, <laughs> so he um yelling he wouldn't stay in his um little block on the carpet he didn't like the pair pro at all so he was constantly at her uh, he he was fighting her a lot so he needed a lot of one-on-one and his teacher, she was nice enough to do that, but she would get in trouble every single time she would do that because the pair pro did not like that she would do one-on-one with Ian. So I asked his doctor, like, do I need to get him tested? And she was just like, uh, I don't know. She was just like, I thought he was on the spectrum, but I'm not really sure. I don't want to label him. So I took it upon myself and I got him an appointment at the Marcus Center in Atlanta, um, but their wait time was like a year and a half. So I had to call every day to see if anybody canceled for appointment to get my appointment moved up to be a three month wait instead of a year and a half. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. We said that together. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're going to take a brief pause for the cause, given that, which was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. We're going to take a brief pause for the cause, and we will be right back with Autism in Color with LaBecky Rowe, Siobhan Robinson, and Adrian Mays. Hi, this is LaBecky of Autism in Color. If you are listening to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, or Google, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. 
We want to hear your feedback, your thoughts on our shows. If you would like to be on our show, to do a commercial on our show, drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you because we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. Welcome back to Autism in Color with LaBecky, Siobhan, and Adrian Mays. Welcome back, ladies. Hey. <laughs> All Hi. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we got a little bit about where Ian was, where Ian is. What I'd like to ask, because, you know, people on this current platform with Autism in Color, maybe they didn't hear the, um, the Autism Vibes interview, could you tell us a little bit about once you got the diagnosis of autism, did, did you get all of the, like the ADHD? And if you yes, don't mind, like, you know, did you get them at the same time? And what was the PTSD about? Okay. So he didn't get all those diagnoses at the same time. Um, so we first got the autism diagnosis and um I went to the market center and we was there all day um so if you're thinking about getting your child or about to go to get your child um I guess evaluated um just know that it's going to be a long process and we were there from eight o'clock in the morning to like 5 p.m wow and yeah <laughs> we want to say but we want to say that may not be in every state though true yeah so we had to go across the street too to do some blood work too um but they had four people in the room and they was just playing with them what is that therapy play that's mainly what they was doing and taking notes and they wanted to say he wasn't on the spectrum until the last little hour he kept repeating some stuff he was I think he kept repeating like a scene from some show and he kept saying it word for word over and over again and that's what he normally does today he still does it to this day um he'll same show um, different shows. Different so, shows. Okay. But right now, um, this week he stuck on um, Mario. I don't know why kids like to watch um, people. Other people play video games. Me either. So, <laughs> that's his thing right now. And Mario, he will repeat that over and over. I'm like, can we do something else? Can we watch something else? Like, what? Are, what's going on? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he was doing that, but. Um, after she gave me the diagnosis that the lady I remember to this day, she was just like, you're not going to cry. You're not, you're not going to do anything. You, you're just sitting there. I was like, I'm taking everything in. You gave me this packet and said, I need to get all these services. And that's all you're going to do. You're just going to give me a packet with a bunch of names and numbers. So I'm supposed to sit here and call everybody. And I'm just sitting here just looking at you going over this again and again and again. So um, I guess she thought I wasn't going to be okay with it, but I got a diagnosis. I was like, okay, so what do we do next? So I did a call the following day, all those people, and everybody kept saying it's waitlist for something. Um, So I had to do a little research on my own, um, but he started out with speech first because that was easier um, to get in. And then OT and PT followed after that. 
Um, he still does those services. Um, at the time when he first got diagnosed, we could not get ABA. In Georgia, ABA was kind of like having like nobody was doing it and you had to pretty much have your own private insurance, which I did not because at the time I um, quit my job. So I was working for my father. So um, I was like, okay, so what I'm supposed to do with ABA is a lot of money. Um, but I did find someone um, to provide services for him and it was kind of costly. Um, so we just did it once a week until Medicaid finally started to pay like maybe three years ago um it's been a short time um and then when that happened we didn't have any companies here in georgia at all so um then when they start popping up it's a long wait list so pretty much what i did to get into markets i called every day until somebody canceled and um he gets aba now but his therapist quit so um we're back on a waiting list here to, we are to they hire someone else um but in the meantime i did go back to school to get my degree in aba you better work so, um, <laughs> you better be the problem solver so i did do that i got my degree but mm, yeah he can do whatever for me fine as day but he does need to learn from other people as well so if i give him a command he'll do it for me but if someone else, a stranger, give him command, he needs to follow that command too. So it needs to be generalized. So that's why I went with another company say, hey, okay, I can do it all day long, but he needs to know if I'm not here. So um, that's where we're at now. Um, I have a he, question. Yes. Are there any other services that he gets, like speech or OT or anything like that? Yes, he gets speech, OT, PT. ABA, he does art therapy. Um, he does horseback riding um, too for uh, another outside therapy as well. Okay, okay. okay. Sounds like you have him um, well integrated <laughs> into uh, these therapies. He's wrapped up. Yeah. Definitely yeah. valuable for him. Are, are you okay to share what the PTSD diagnosis was for? Yeah, um, I always say my life is an open book. You can ask whatever, because um, it may help other people um, and what they're going through. Um, so unfortunately he got PTSD because of his dad. Um, his, his dad is not in his life like that, but um, his dad wanted to be funny and uh, reduce child support. And reducing child support means, hey, you get visitation. She doesn't get all the or by herself, you gotta help too. So he got visitation and it started off being um, supervised visitation, which his mother was supposed to supervise him, but we all know that didn't happen. Um, they just said, okay, she's there. She really wasn't there. Um, he didn't, one, he, he's never really been around kids um, like that. So um, not to give that an excuse, but he doesn't know what to do with a child um, because he's, he's the only child himself and he's just never really been around kids. So when you, say he's, he, when you say he's never been around kids like that, are you talking about kids in general or are you talking about kids, kids who are on the autism spectrum? Kids in general, absolutely. Um, 
just no desire to be around kids. So I have 21 or 22 um, nieces and nephews. It's always kids around me. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, but um, he had in for one weekend and it was the longer weekend. It was, it started off like one day, then it went to two days then three days. So he had a, a longer weekend and this particular one was supposed to be by himself. So he took Ian to Legoland. So Ian was very overstimulated there because it was busy. And at the time, I guess he had a growth spurt and his shoe didn't fit and he couldn't communicate that with his dad because one, he was getting to know his dad, never really been around his dad like that. And his shoe just didn't fit. So he lost a shoe in Legoland and he kept doing it. So his dad, um, as a punishment, made him walk on a hot pavement in July. Yeah. And then Ian did something else at his home. So his punishment was to be locked in the closet in the dark um, alone. So I didn't know all this was going on. I just knew he had some issues with Ian um, that particular weekend, um, but he didn't tell me to the extent of what was going on. Um, and he didn't want me to get him because he didn't want me to go back and say, hey, okay, well, he can't clearly watch him on his own. So therefore he doesn't need to have him. Mm-hmm. So um, um, uh, Ian told his therapist, uh-huh, go ahead. I want to- so Ian told his, go ahead. I wanted to ask you at this at this particular time that the dad had Ian for the weekend, was he aware of the autism diagnosis? And did he have an understanding about what autism was or is? No. This was at the time where we were figuring out. This is at a time where it was awaiting um we was on a waiting list to go get a diagnosis. But anytime I would explain like, okay, he was having issues at school and being around a lot of people or in crowds, his dad just really didn't want to care. It was told to him that Ian didn't do well in these scenarios, but he just didn't care. So, but I want to say, because we have a listening audience and you are giving your scenario. I want to make it fair to the dad to say, because he was unaware of the fact that his son would soon be be diagnosed with autism, that he was disciplining how he knew how, although- It was inappropriate. Right. It was inappropriate even for an average child, what he did. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when we know better, we do better. We one would hope. We hope. <laughs> and we one also there at the same time. <laughs> look, look at mom's face though. <laughs> no, 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 no. May not always in occur. his case. And in his case, no. Um, when you know better, you're supposed to do better. In his case, no. He just don't do better at all. So um okay. yeah. So There's how did you no come to find out? How did you come to find out about the walking on the hot pavement and, and, and the closet incident? Yeah. So this is when he got diagnosed with ADHD. So at the time he did have ADHD, he was diagnosed with that, but not autism yet. 
So um, he was at his therapist and we was trying to figure out the medicine situation. And um, I had to step out the room for a brief moment um, just to fill out some papers. So while he was in there, he was talking to the therapist and they was playing like with little toys and stuff like that. And he told her. So then she brings me back in the room and he said it again. And I'm looking like, what happened? What did he he say in particular? So he was playing with this toy and he was making the toy. He said the toy was outside. And he was like, when the toy walk, it's hot. Feet is hot. My feet is hot. And she was like, okay, so you're playing? He was like, it burns. It burns really bad. And then she started asking him some follow-up questions. Like, did this happen to you? Yeah. My dad made me walk on hot stuff. Mm. The asphalt hot stuff. And then she was just like, when he was like it just hurt we played with legos and then went outside and i walked on hot stuff because my shoe was gone my shoe was gone and he he wouldn't get me no more shoes so then she kept asking questions and then he said i cried when i was on the phone with my mom because i was eating and we were i facetimed him and um he had got up to throw away something his dad yelled at him or something and I was like that's too harsh why are you yelling at him and he's just getting something to throw it in the trash can but his dad wanted him to stay right there and don't move and finish your food and um so he was crying and I was just like don't cry and his dad hung up the phone after that um his dad put him in his room in the closet and locked the door in the dark and he told this to the therapist. All I knew was the crying and he was eating and was trying to throw something away because I was on FaceTime with him. And then he said that whole story after that. That was very, very hard for me to hear because he's he's four, four and a half. And he didn't tell me about any of this, you know. And I asked him, did you have a good time or whatever? But I guess maybe so he was afraid that something was going to happen to him I don't know um I don't know why he didn't say anything um but you know and I I talked again about the whole FaceTime and hanging up thing with him um again it's like it's okay you can you know daddy just had a rough day and I just made it seem like it because I always made excuses for him like daddy had a rough day or daddy um, because at the time he was like why is my daddy not involved you know or not here and you know I was like daddy's just busy it's my excuse what I always tell him until he knows now um, the deal. But um, yeah, that's how that happened. And then um, the therapist, she was just like, I'm going to call defense on you. I'm like, I didn't do anything. And that's so scary. But that's, she's an um, Indian lady. So she was just very aggressive. I was like, I didn't do anything. I promise you, I didn't know anything about it. So that's kind of scary to just go through the whole defects thing and then they did their little investigation they just said oh he needs parenting training which Mm -hmm. he's never done and they never saw to it that he got it done Um, so we just decided like hey okay this happened you just don't need to get him on your own anymore um was he okay with that was was dad Um, okay with not getting him on his own anymore dad doesn't care he actually cuts me out for defects calling him Hmm. So, so it's a, it's amazing um, how our you know our kids on the spectrum. Maybe he didn't tell you because 
he was afraid of your response, right? Because he already knew that you would respond. So he waited and mm -hmm. it didn't come out directly in a sentence like typical. We were like, yeah. hey, this is what happened to us. This is what mm -hmm. someone did. And I didn't like it, right? So it came out in spurts, like in words. Mm -hmm. And she had to dig. And that's what we have to yeah. do. And it's unfortunate that that happened to him with his father, because that's something he'll remember forever now. It's, mm -hmm. it's embedded or ingrained, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And what his memory, uh, like he, he doesn't like darkness. Okay. Right. He doesn't like anything hot, but he doesn't pair that with his father, which hmm. is odd because that was four and a half. But he, like, he doesn't want to be alone with his dad. He, he doesn't want to, like, he will tolerate him for a couple of hours on his own. Like, mm -hmm. I'll go with him to get a haircut. But long as I'm coming back home to you, I don't want to stay with him. I'm like, okay, you, yeah, that's, that's fine. But that's your choice if you want to do that. And that's as much as he will tolerate him. But he only will ask to do that around Christmas time, around his birthday, because he knows he's going to get gifts. He pairs that with gifts. But other than that, he doesn't want to really fool with his dad like that. So <laughs> he's smart in that aspect, like, okay, I'm going to get some gifts out of this. But right. other than that, he don't want to fool with his dad. Does dad try to get him or try to communicate with him and be no. a part of his life? He he's back and forth with what he wants to do mm -hmm. um like a couple of weeks ago um he was like i want to see him more i want to do things with him more because he's entertaining you know it's just like he's what entertaining. like yeah he says odd uh, stuff like that i'm like okay so um i needed a break i mean really 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 needs a break and i was just like okay if i don't get a break from my child um, I'm just so exhausted and just depleted because he was going through, he was still going through like medicine change and he had a growth spurt. So his emotions and some of his behaviors, what he's doing is, um, just rough right now. So mm -hmm. I, I reached out to dad and I was just like, Hey, can you please, please, please get him? Because I don't have anybody else at this moment, um, to get him, um, and I just need you to get him for this moment so I can get myself some rest. He said, no. But I was like, just a couple of weeks ago, you said you want to spend more time with him because he's entertaining. Here's your opportunity so I can get some rest, so I can recharge. He said, no. Wow. Um, yeah. So dad doesn't even pay child support. And it's contingent upon him taking a class for autism the judge didn't put a uh, time limit on that. He still hasn't taken it to this day. So I don't get child support. Uh, okay. So I he has no anything. care. No care to do nope. so. Nope. It's not like he can't afford it either. Um, he got a big old house and drives a Tesla and has a Frenchie, spent $8,000 on a Frenchie Bulldog. But if I asked him for $50 for his child, he would cuss me out. So um, I really don't... Yeah, I really don't entertain that. If Ian asks about his dad, then um, I'm not going to stop him from seeing him, but it's just going to be a couple hours because I don't really know what he's going to do with him. So, yeah. And then that's really, really like 
I really rather be with him with him, but hey, it's, yeah. How do you know that Ian does not tie hot, hot stuff and not liking the dog back to his dad and the incident occurred? Um, I don't know. Like, he, because he, he was asked before, do you like your father? I'm like, mm, he's okay. Okay. And um, in therapy, like, they asked, do you want to spend more time with him? And he was like, mm, I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Do you feel comfortable with him? He goes, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So my thing is, if he caused this much trauma to him, then more than likely you wouldn't want to be with him at all. In my mindset, you know, if somebody caused you this much trauma, you would want to be around them. Like if you get bit by a dog and that traumatized you, you don't want to be around a dog, right? You'll run mm-hmm. and be like, I'm scared, get on top of a car. I'm like, I just don't want to fool with it all. So that's how I'm thinking. I'm like, okay. okay. Hell, but. So let let me let me help you too, just from a, a clinician, a, cl- a clinical standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to children and parents, and you know, he has a biological tie to him um, that transcends, you know, some of this, you know, what the the, the logic of it all, what what we think. Yeah logically should happen if someone did this to you for all intent and purposes you should not want to see them you should not want to be around them um but when it comes to children and parents you know oftentimes children might blame themselves for the trauma that occurs to them and not their parents because theoretically their parents are supposed to be the ones to take care of them so I must have done something wrong in order for them to behave this way, even though the, what the parent did was completely out of line. And, you know, and again, like I said, it transcends logic. So Ian's still tolerate, you know, you got parents who completely abuse kids and those kids still, they love their parent and they still want to be around them. They still want, because they like crave their love and attention and, and all of that stuff. Fortunately, Ian has you and does not have to depend on his dad. But with, and because he knows that you are a safety zone for him and he, and he has enough knowledge and, and, and instinct to know I can be around him, but not too long, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. He's, but he still has an affinity for him because he is his father. Yeah. Okay. So just, you know, it, it's complicated being a human being. I ask you the question about the hot and the, and the darkness because Although he can't express to you that, hey, you know, he does remember. And and that's Mm -hmm. why he doesn't like the hotness from anything. And he doesn't like the dog. It's because he, that incident, those incidents occurred. Mm -hmm. And they 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 were traumatizing. 
So of exactly. course, if it if it traumatized me, I'm not gonna want I'm not gonna like hot stuff, right? The heat from the yeah. sun or hot sand or the hot sidewalk. That's what we say in New York. We call it a sidewalk. I don't know what you all call it in the South. <laughs> and I'm not gonna like the darkness. I'm not gonna walk into a dark garage or a dark room or a dark area. Yeah. Because these things happen to me and I can't express it really and how I, it affects me. And I love that he, that he did feel, he did feel comfortable enough with whoever that person was or those people were to share the story because that's actually how children share. They're, they're able, they're better able to share their trauma through play. That's why there mm-hmm. is play therapy. And they they get to tell the stories and, and express themselves in their play. So I'm I'm glad that he did have that opportunity to share what happened with that in a very and as as you know it, as not straightforward as it was, it pretty much was straightforward. You know, yeah. he told he told exactly what happened and showed them. So good for he's he's wonderful. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> and I haven't met him yet. I fully intend on meeting him when we take our show on the road, because we will, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, we will be taking our show on the road. Um, I hope that we get to meet him. Yeah, he's a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that said, we will take a brief pause for the cause and we will be right back with autism in Color with LaBecky, Siobhan, and Adrian Mays. Hello, Autism in Color family. This is your girl, Siobhan, and LaBecky and I wanted to let you know that Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center Incorporated, is holding its inaugural Autism Spectrum Disorder Awareness Bowl. It's going to be held on Saturday, April 23rd from 1230 to 3 p.m. at the AMF University Lanes at 5900 North Tryon Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. You can purchase your tickets at boldforautismawareness.eventbrite.com. Again, that's boldforautismawareness.eventbrite.com. This is an inaugural fundraising event, so we expect you to turn out and turn up and have a blast with us, okay? Because we at Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center and... Autism and color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. This segment is being brought to you by Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center, Inc. Serving young adults with ASD, ages 17 through 40, and their caregivers since 2018. Check out our website to get to know more about us and find out about our upcoming events. Find us at Let's Talk About It, the Autism Email us at Let's talk 1922 at gmail.com or call us at 704-835-3605. Let's talk about it. The Autism Center, where we're keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Autism in Color with LaBecky Shabon and Adrian Mays. Um, Adrian, you know, I, first, I, I just want to thank you for um, sharing that challenge that, that you've had um, with being a mom and the stuff that you've 
you and Ian have had to endure with um, Dad. Thank you for that. No problem. In the beginning, you told us where you were as far as you and Ian are concerned. And mm-hmm. you told us about a book that he's written and a book mm-hmm. that he's about to write. Tell the listening audience where they can find the book that he's written already. Um, he has a website where you can get all of his merchandise because he has t-shirts and everything um, to go with the book. It's at Adrian's Writing Powers Publishing.com. Wow, you'll have to say that again. That that's a whole mouthful. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Look, I didn't come up with the website. Somebody else didn't. And then afterwards, I was just like, that's long. But um, <laughs> it's Adrian's <laughs> Writing Powers Publishing dot com. Could you spell it? I mean, just the Adrian part at least. Yes. Um, a d r i a n s w r I-T-I-N-G-P-O-W-E-R-S-P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G.com. All right. Adrian's Writing Powers Publishing.com. So thank you so much, Adrian, for sharing your story, sharing your journey. This is part two of the journey with us. And um, hopefully we'll get to speak with uh, Mr. Adrian next time. Yeah, he he would love, he loves to be the spotlight. So he would love to get on. (laughs) Okay, we will have him as a spotlight, honey. (laughs) Thank you. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Absolutely. Always, anytime. All right. So we will see you next time here on Autism in Color. Take care, ladies. This is your autism moment on autism in color. So here's the funny autism moment story um, with me and my son. My son one day was using the potty and I hear something go clunk. So I asked him, was he okay before I walk in? He said, yeah, mom, I'm cool. I go in he's standing with his feet around the rim on top of the toilet peeing down in the hole and he said this is how superpowers or super people um use the potty and i'm like you don't stand up on top of the toilet you can hurt yourself he was like i'm cool i got this this has been the autism moment on autism in color hello autism in color family This is your girl, Siobhan, and LaBecky and I wanted to let you know that Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center Incorporated, is holding its inaugural Autism Spectrum Disorder Awareness Bowl. It's going to be held on Saturday, April 23rd from 1230 to 3 p.m. at the AMF University Lanes at 5900 North Tryon Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. You can purchase your tickets at bowlforautismawareness.eventbrite.com. Again, that's boldforautismawareness.eventbrite.com. This is an inaugural fundraising event, so we expect you to turn out 
and turn up and have a blast with us, okay? Because we at Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center and Autism and Color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. Hello, family. This is your girl, Siobhan, from Autism and Color. And Lebecky and I wanted to remind you to like Autism and Color, subscribe to Autism and Color, and most importantly, to share Autism and Color. Because we at Autism and Color give families the opportunity to share their unique experiences, their challenges, and their triumphs. We at Autism and Color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. So don't forget, like, subscribe, and share.